0: in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit one god amen this is the fourth sunday of toba and today's gospel reading relates to the man born blind that our lord jesus christ healed and gave sight to him for the first time the same the same event is also read uh, from the same uh, gospel on the sixth Sunday of Great Lent. So this is an important gospel that we read more than once throughout the year, more than one Sunday. The story of the man born blind with all of its elements though represents the story of the whole of humanity um, and even more intimately our own lives. uh, That sometimes we have the blindness that we need our Lord to come and uh, to give us sight which uh, is always perceived in the light. So a few weeks ago in the previous Sunday uh, earlier in January, we um, we spoke about how St. John the Baptist bore witness of the true light, and we pondered what St. Cyril of Alexandria says, and I'll say it again here. The Word of God is alien, so to speak, and of a different nature than creation. He himself is really, truly, and strictly speaking, the light. Creation, by contract, participates in the light by contrast participates in the light just like when we look at uh, as we gave a few examples last time as well when we look at the uh, the moon and the earth and all of creation uh, that looks so beautiful these things uh, get their beauty when the sun shines on them. Uh, Like when we look at for example the ocean um, and how at night it looks very dark and you can't really see it but in the daytime it's blue and it's beautiful uh... and it becomes breathtaking right so when someone comes from another country or from far away and comes to san diego the first thing you do is you take them to where you take them to go see the pacific ocean Um you wouldn't take them at night right if you were to take them at night they, they uh... they would go back and say yeah they my friend took me to uh... the ocean and it eh, wasn't that big of a deal you know i would have passed right by it and i wouldn't have even known it existed right uh, so don't ever take somebody at night to go see the ocean. But we know that the moon and the earth and the ocean doesn't it doesn't cast its own light, but it has reflection of the sun uh, and because of that reflection, it's beautiful and we appreciate its glory and we give glory to God. Just as the physical light reveals the beauty of the physical world, the spiritual light, the spiritual enlightenment, reveals the truths and the realities about the spiritual world. Whether the the sun shined on the ocean or not, the ocean's there, right, and its beauty and its awesomeness is there, whether or not the the sun shines on the moon, the moon is always there right but the the light kind of reveals it to those around us, right The same thing with the spiritual light, the truths of of the spiritual world are are there they're they're not changeable they're there forever. but when we are enlightened with spiritual light, then we become more aware of that spiritual world that's around us. Um, True enlightenment reveals the creator of the universe, his love, his acceptance, his justice, his greatness. These things are already there, but when we are aware of them, we call that spiritual enlightenment. But enlightenment also impacts uh, all aspects of our life. It doesn't just impact our knowledge of God. The spiritual uh, enlightenment also reveals how we should view others in love, not to judge others, to have mercy, to sacrifice for others. It also, spiritual enlightenment also reveals who we are. And it makes us aware of our sins and makes us aware that God has accepted us uh, even when we don't deserve to be in His presence. Whether human beings have this enlightenment or not, these truths are are what they are, they're there. We who are, um, who we are, who others are, and who God is, these are all truths that are there. Spiritual enlightenment allows us to see just the truth of the matter. The man born blind symbolizes how humanity can sometimes be blinded to God, to others, and also to their own selves. Darkened, as it were, because the light that comes from God is absent from their lives and absent from humanity altogether. Just like at the time when Christ came, paganism was the major religion of the world, right? And they worshipped for thousands of years before that. They didn't have the light. And even the Jews themselves, they had even just a portion of the light, but they didn't have the fullness of the light. Even today, uh, many are completely oblivious to the realities of the spiritual world. When you ask somebody... What do you think about the spiritual realities that exist? They'll, they won't even know what you're talking about sometimes. <clears throat> Consequently, we see the fruits of this darkening of their mind, right? Um, the way they deal <clears throat> with others, the way they deal with themselves, their over-inflated views of their own selves, and their utter unfamiliar, unfamiliarity with God and who He is and uh, God's love towards them. Even to the point of acknowledging, not acknowledging the existence of God. They, they don't even... Think that he exists. But Christ um, was sent into the world. Being, by being sent into the world, he brings his light into the world. Therefore, it's not a coincidence that St. John the Evangelist, in his Gospel, he emphasizes what the pool of Siloam means. When he says he, he was to the pool of Siloam, he emphasizes what Siloam means. He, and of course that word means sent, as if God was sent to reveal and to bring light. Uh, he is sent into the world to bring the light of the uh, to the world of his Father. Just as he himself says, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I, ha- I am in the world, I am the light of the world. St. Athanasius says that he deals with them as a good teacher with his pupils, coming down to their level using simple means. Men have turned from the contemplation of God above and were looking for him in the opposite direction, down among created things and things of the senses. So they only worship things that they saw with their physical eyes. They worship the sun, they worship the moon, they worship cats and dogs and thunder and lightning, things like that. But they, didn't, they totally forgot about the creator of all of these things. So He came down to our senses, that through His teachings and miracles and the, that He did in the world, that we see the Father. Through those, that ministry that He does, He raises us up beyond the senses to God the Father where He is, and not among just mud and slime here on earth. He comes to the world so that He can give light, and so that we can see, comprehend, and grasp a portion of that light. Just like today's miracle, uh, where He recreated the eyes of the man born blind, this this recreation of the eyes the, of the person who was not born with functional eyes, He recreated His eyes, and what does that reveal? It reveals His divinity, and through His divinity we see God the Father. Because no one can see God the Father with our fleshly eyes, right? As in John 18 it says, No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, whom is, who is in the bosom of the Father, who is inside the Father, has declared him. We have a very interesting dialogue that happens centuries before between Moses and between God himself when he was on Mount Sinai. Um, in Exodus 33, you can read it. The Lord spoke to Moses face-to-face, face it says, face-to-face, face, as, as if person-to-person. The word face can be translated as person. So he spoke to him person to person as a man speaks to his friend, it says in the Bible. And he said, Moses says to God, please show me your glory. He wanted to see with his eyes the glory of God the Father. And it's a very interesting response of what God does afterwards. He says, I will make my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. But he said, you cannot see my face for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, Here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. And so it shall be, when my glory passes by, that I will put you in a hole in this rock, and you. And then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face you shall not see, and shall not be seen. So the name of the Lord, he says, I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Of course, the name of the Lord that he proclaims, of course, is Jesus Christ our Lord, and we see the Father through him. And we could say symbolically that that physical rock, right, that physical rock that God hid Moses in so that he can peek through, and by peeking through that physical rock, he was able to see God the Father and, and a portion of God the Father, right? Just like the same way we see through the physical body of our Lord Jesus Christ, and through His body we see the God, we see God the Father. We see the Father through the Son since it is in His, it's the same divinity, right? So as long as we can see God the Father through the Son, we see God the Father. <clears throat> so he sent his only begotten Son, the Word of God, to become flesh, a real flesh just like ours but without sin, and we were therefore able to see and hear the will of God the Father through him. Interestingly, later on uh, in chapter 14 of the same Gospel we read today, Philip asks almost the same thing that Moses asked. So Philip the Apostle asks, Lord, show us the Father and it is sufficient for us. It's enough for us. If you show us the Father, it's good enough for us. And how did Christ respond? He says, Have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. And we too, just like Moses the prophet and Philip, and just like the man born blind, we receive enlightenment through the flesh of our Lord Jesus Christ. When the Lord spat on the ground, He took a portion of His flesh and put it in His eyes and had Him washed in the pool of Siloam, the pool of, of Him who was sent into the world as a symbol of baptism, and we received light. So in this story of the man born blind, His healing and His enlightenment comes re- through receiving the sight accomplished by the washing in the pool and mingling with His flesh right and through his flesh we see who God the Father is we receive the same enlightenment when we're baptized and we take communion we take we partake of that communion regularly the flesh of our lord jesus christ and we must live in that light and live in the enlightenment live in seeing god in all of our circumstances so we never underestimate the communion that we take right it's that through his flesh that same flesh we we actually see god the father not just see him but allow him to live inside of us but we want to see Him in all of our challenges we're facing. But sometimes we don't look for Him in the, uh, the good times, right? When, when something bad happens to us or uh, some sort of tragedy or trouble, then we call out to God um, and we're grateful. But we're, you know, we should also be grateful and look for God in the good times in our life as well. We need to see Him in the good as well as the, the bad times. We want to see Him in justice when we're wronged. Uh, but we flee justice when we're the ones doing the wrong. We, we flee God's face uh, when we're the ones doing the wrong. We need to be patient when it comes to the topic of justice. Even um, when that justice seems to kind of delay in our own eyes, we need to be patient. Um, when Because when justice comes, it comes like a sledgehammer. It doesn't come like a scalpel, just giving justice to those who we want. It comes, and when it comes, we all feel the impact. So we thank God for His mercy and His delay in in uh, in enforcing His justice, because of course that gives us time to repent, and it gives them time to repent as well. We all know the famous story, and some of these I'm going to tell you a couple stories today, and I know you probably have heard them, but it's good to remind ourselves. We know the story of Saint Moses the Black, who. Um, lived in a monastery and one of the saints in the monastery, one of the people in the monastery, one of the monks, stumbled and he sinned. Uh, He wasn't fasting during uh, the fasting time. And so they were all coming to judge him. All the monks came to judge this one monk. And they called Moses the Black to come and Moses didn't want to come. But they insisted and so he did come. But he came carrying a bag on his shoulder uh, with sand in it and he poked a little hole in the sand and he came uh, in the bag and he came walking and they're like what is this scene that this strange thing that we're looking at here and and so he's walking and while he's walking the sand is kind of dripping from from his back and he can't see it and so they're like what what are you doing what is this we're coming to judge this guy and you're coming with a bag with a hole in it dripping sand and he said i come to judge this brother but my sins are dripping from behind me and I, I dare not even look at my own sins and I'm coming to judge this brother. And so because of this, of course, they, all the monks around him, they, they humbled themselves and they asked for mercy. But perfect justice is coming. We know that. Perfect justice is coming and we say, Lord, have mercy uh, in the face of that justice. We want to see him in his glory and his splendor, but sometimes we don't look for him among the poor, the sick, or those who are distressed in their life. Sometimes we even kind of shun those who are going through troubles and are distressed because we don't want to look at them. Um, I'll tell you another famous story that um, I know you know, but I'm going to say it again, the story of St. Beshoy. So one time, you know, St. Beshoy was a holy man, and he often would see the Lord Jesus Christ. And so some of the monks wanted to also see him as well. So they asked him, can we also see Christ like you see Christ? And he told them, you know, that's not up to me, that's up to God. And they, but they insisted, and so he went and prayed, um, and the Lord told him, I will appear on this day on this hill. So he told the monks, and that day came, and all of the monks were walking up the hill to go see the Lord. There was this old man standing by the edge of the hill that couldn't walk up because he was so old. And so the old man was asking the monks as they went by, please help me up that I also may go up and see the Lord. And each one shunned him and said, No, I don't need to see you right now. I'm going to go see the Lord. And, he, and they all, one by one, denied helping him. Until St. Pishoy came, and when he asked St. Pishoy, Can you please help me up the hill? St. Pishoy carried him and put him on his shoulder and started walking up. As he was walking up the hill, the body became heavier and heavier until he noticed, as he's looking down at the feet of Christ, he sees the wounds of Christ on his feet. And he realized that that was Christ the Lord. And that he did appear to everyone, but no one recognized him. People were not looking for him. They were not even willing to be enlightened. So when we want to see God, we need to look for him among those who are troubled, those who um, uh, you know, are around us that are going through issues, whether at work or among our own families. We need to be there supporting them, and there we will find God himself. If we're truly living in the light and we're truly enlightened, we will rejoice and want to bring others to that light. But let's be careful not to bring them at night, like it would be just as silly to bring somebody to an ocean that's during the nighttime. If we bring God the people to God during the nighttime they, and they don't see Him, then we've kind of uh, missed the opportunity. Uh, our actions and our love for each other is that light that shines and, and reveals God the Father. Our actions um, towards those who we're responsible for, those who are in our family, our friends, our associates at work, our friends at school, we need to shine that light of our faith and our love and our conduct in front of them so that they can see God the Father through us. In today's reading, he says, I must work the works of Him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. And as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Later on in John chapter 12, he says, A little while longer the light is with you. While you while you have the light, walk in the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. Christ often reminds us that he is the light of the world and our relationship to that light. The light is life. The life that we have is light. Um, That we are the light of the world and our light has to shine towards others through our actions, through our love to them. Now more than ever, of course, the world needs people, needs the Christians to show that love, that faith, that that conduct that is so lacking out there. Uh, We must work the uh, works of the light for the night is coming and no one works. So long as we're alive, we can do God's will. It is called daytime, and it's time to work. The time is coming when we will no longer have that life, right? We'll, we'll be dead one day, right? And no longer have the opportunity to work. We shouldn't, therefore, let that night overtake us and have no more opportunities to work when we're not ready. It is a time for now for our faith to start working through love. Now is the time for us to actually act and, and show God uh, to, to other people. So since Christ is in us, and since He calls us the light of the world because His light shines in us, and since we can do nothing without Him, we can all say zealously um, the same words of Christ, but as if coming from us, uh, as we humbly lean on Him and we say about ourselves, I must work the works of Him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So we can say that in ourselves. I must work the works of Him who sent me. God is sending you into the world. The night is coming when no one can work. The night, we always remember the day that our days will have an end one day. So to make our life count and mean something. And as long as I am in the world, as long as I have life inside of me that God has given me, I am the light of the world. And we know that that's a responsibility that God has given us. And that we live, of course, that it's God's light shining inside of us glorifying God the Father, to whom be glory forever unto the ages of all ages. Amen.